0: Keyshawn, J Will and Zubin, the podcast.
1: No matter what borough you were watching or listening in yesterday, the Giants have won four in a row. They wake up in first place. Joe Judge goes from zero and five and one and seven to five and seven. Key called it. They got Arizona, a reeling Cardinal squad, coming to town. They've lost four or five Giants back home for the first time in a month. We'll get to the disaster that is the Jets in just one moment. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance, with all of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Keyshawn Johnson, AMS NWA certified, said the biggest issue for the Cardinals coming east this Sunday is going to be the weather. Yeah, Explain buddy. this. I just was
2: I was looking at it, and, and it'll be. Fifty five with game time, it'll probably dip down into the forties with some rain coming. So you got a dome team, and I always I love these type of statistics. Dome teams traveling in the cold elements. They just was here. You saw what happened in New England, and now you come into the Meadowlands, a Met Life better yet, and the weather's gonna be a problem, and you coming off a loss that you in your division. So they're gonna backs are against the wall. They've lost four of the last five. It's not good. That's not good at all. And
1: the Giants smell the blood in the water. Could have Daniel Jones back off the hamstring injury. Yep, Baldi. Joe
0: just says that he's progressing very nicely. The defense actually looked really good the other day. Look, whenever you contain Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf for 80 and 63 yards, mm-hmm. I think your defense is doing pretty well. Russell Wilson didn't seem to be his superhero self either, Key. They kind of corralled him, didn't allow him to get outside the pocket. Look, I mean, this team is trending in the right direction. And I I know it was, what, five or six weeks ago, people were killing Joe Judge. You can't lead the same way Bill Belichick leads, and you can't do these things about talking down the players. Everybody has bought in. Everybody's bought in. They ran the ball yesterday. Wayne Goldman looked really good. First time he rushed over 100 yards, and Colt McCoy was serviceable. That's all you need him to be, serviceable until Daniel Jones gets back.
2: As as long as they continue to win football games – Joe Judge is
0: good. I mean, he could
2: he discipline the way that he needs to, and he could talk to people a certain way and deal with certain players a certain style in a certain way. The moment that you don't win, it changes for you. Uh, the biggest thing, I think, though, for him is Dave Gettleman, is, is, is he can relax right now, right? Five and seven, the general Magic are kinda, can kind of, he could hide, so to speak. No one's mentioning him. He hasn't been mentioned in a long time, which is a good thing. You know, which is a good thing. Um, you, you, you—it's you, good to see. Whenever big city football or basketball or sports teams are doing well, it's always good to see. It's good business to see that the jet, the Giants, not the Jets. The Giants are moving in, headed in the right direction.
1: We'll certainly talk about Gettleman's counterpart, Joe Douglas. Another reason Gettleman can sit back and relax because things are going haywire for the Jets. More on that in a second. Take me inside the locker room just as a player, obviously just having not been there as a fan, a media member. But take me inside. Just about a month ago, the Giants had a huge issue between head coach Joe Judge and his wide receiver Golden Tate for some insubordinate action. And he squashed it right there. And then Joe Judge fired a member of his coaching staff Mark less Columbo. than one year yep, into his job. And that was said to be extremely contentious. If those things go sideways to Jay's point, he's a Belichick guy without, without having proven all the Belichick stuff. To me, from the outside, it's like, boy, this could get really tense really early. Take me inside when you have a couple crises like that and you're sort of struggling as a football team and how you manage all that.
2: Well, you, the players know. The players know that Golden Tate was probably in the wrong, and, and they probably know that Mark Colombo was probably in the wrong. So everything that happened for Joe Judge was justified. He wasn't just picking on Golden Tate. He didn't just fire Mark Colombo to get everybody's attention. The offensive line was struggling. He wanted to bring in somebody to consult to try to figure out how to make the lines, cause the protections better, and Mark Colombo wasn't having any of that. And so it was justifiable. I'm the head coach, and this is how we're going to do it. And you're okay, you know what? Never mind. Golden Tate, whatever happened with him, just give me the damn ball, all that sort of stuff. His his wife tweeting or Instagramming, they, that was wrong. He handled his home the way he needed to, and Joe Judge and him got it corrected. And, and he apologized. And, and he apologized, and he's back on, and he's back doing what he's supposed to do. So as long as it was the, as, as long as he he was in the right for doing those things, you won't have any issues. Now, if he just would decide to pick Golden Tate out of a lineup and say, that's him, I'm going to do something to him just because the players will see that. Or if he just fired Mark Colombo just because he didn't like the way Mark Colombo walked through the building, that's something totally different.
0: I, I think it's interesting when a guy can set a standard and he draws a line but saying, okay, you're not going to cross this line. And I also, you know, we talk about things externally, Key, how it looks – I don't know how things are happening internally. So, for me, the way you communicate something to me is everything, right? So, if that's a Golden tape, Mark Colombo with his team, with his players, I think how he communicates with them is very important. And the way I'm taking that is all these players seem to be buying into what Joe Judge has been talking about.
2: Well, it's a young football team, too. This is not an Culture older team. I mean, you're not dealing with a bunch of veteran guys. You've got – You know, a bunch of young guys, guys that are in their fifth year, fourth, third, second year, first year, rookies that are in the mix and playing. Um, I think when you start to see that, they're paying attention. It's kind of taking on his personality They know who the head coach is. Now, if he continues to win next year, the team will continue to build. But if all of a sudden these, I don't want to call it acts, but his style wears thin on them when they're not winning. It's all about the W's, man. I don't give a damn who you are. you got to win. Agreed. And if you don't win, it's not going to matter. And he's winning. And well, they're fighting. They're playing good. They're playing good football, except for the one game against the
0: 49ers. What a beautiful thing for Joe Judge is that the ceiling is so low. You only have to win five or six games, and all of a sudden you can win at NFC East, which is a great starting point.
1: No doubt. Keyshawn J. will zoom has coming to you live from above the Heineken Riverdeck. At Pier 17. So the Giants are cruising, relatively speaking, having won four in a row. The Jets, of course, have begun the season losing a dozen in a row. And yesterday's loss may have been the worst of all, essentially bringing an all-out blitz, car, rugs, ball game. It's over. A ton of criticism for Jets defensive coordinator Greg Williams for making that call. And one of those critics, his own safety, Marcus May.
2: Just felt like he could have been in a better call in that situation.
1: Marcus, it looked like you guys
3: had a zero blitz there. Did um, you kind of been playing more coverage in that situation?
2: Uh, yeah, I just felt like we could have been a better call um, at that time in that point of the game. Ouch. <laughs> well, you know what Marcus is saying right there. I don't give a damn. He ain't coaching me next year anyway. Mm-hmm. So I might as well just put it out on the table. I got about four games left with this dude, three, four games. He's going to be out of here. And, and so, look. It was a bad situation in terms of putting them in that particular coverage. You you really should just be toes on the line, everything in front of you. That's the way they should have dialed that thing up. But also Greg Williams is a guy who loves the blitz. And he did it earlier in the game. He's done it in other games where guys have always in his defenses been left out there on an island by themselves in situations that made no sense to a lot of us. And here it is again, he put him in that situation where you look up, it's the end of the game with a, a, half, a handful of seconds left on the clock, and you got, you're going to go all out blitz, and you leave a guy like Lamar Jackson out there all by himself. He can't run with Henry Ruggs. And the Henry Ruggs did exactly what he should have done, gave him a double move at the sticks. Bop, bop. And then as soon as he gives him the double move at the sticks, the first thing that Lamar does is he settles his feet, and when he settles his feet, bye-bye, see you later. It's over with. And that is the craziest thing ever. You can't blame Lamar in that situation. All he's doing is playing coverage.
0: You got to blame the defensive coordinator. I mean, so here, I had a great nugget for you, Zubin, a great stat. There has been 504 p- pass plays in the last 15 seasons to meet the following criteria. Okay. Final 15 seconds of the game, down one to eight points, 40-plus yards to the end zone. Zero times has a defense rushed seven guys in that scenario, until today. Zero times until yesterday.
1: The most amazing part about that said is somebody had to look that up. Can you, <laughs> can you imagine the scenarios <laughs> at play? It's on SNP. Scott it, Van Pelt
0: last night. Yeah.
1: It, it's, it's the
2: craziest thing, right? You put a guy in blitz zero. You don't need to blitz him at that point. You, you keep everything in front of you, rally, make the tackle, get off the field. That ball
1: hung up in the air forever.
2: Ever. He <laughs> wasn't going to catch him, though. He was he just wasn't going to catch Henry right. Ruggs. It just wasn't going to happen.
1: Undrafted kid against an Alabama stud.
2: Well, it does it, whether he's undrafted or not, the the the, the fact of the matter is John Gruden knew what was getting ready to happen. That then that's part of Scouting. That this is probably what's going to happen. I got an opportunity on a Blitz Zero situation with Henry Ruggs on a double move over on a rookie corner, and that's what. We're going to dial up, and here we go.
1: And by the way, last note, the Raiders saved their wild-card playoff hopes. That would have been a disaster. Last year, they went Jeez. to New York, played oh. the Jets, got house, missed the playoffs. This year, looks like a certain defeat, but the Jets are the Jets, and the Raiders win to save their wild-card playoff hopes. Incredible. On the way, he is the biggest supporter of Carson yeah, Wentz no. in the national media. So how can this guy support Wentz <laughs> this morning?
0: Chishon, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: In and maybe for the short term, Doug Peterson noncommittal on who will start Sunday when the red hot New Orleans Saints, who, by the way, were the first team in the NHL, NFL, excuse me, to clinch a playoff berth yesterday. Keyshawn J. Will presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst, on the way here in moments. Key, too little, too late. It,
2: it, it probably is. And because the Giants have the momentum in the in the in the uh, division. And then we'll see what Washington does tonight. But I think it's a little bit too late, but it's not too late in terms of looking ahead to 2021's offseason. Hopefully we'll have some sort of normalcy in terms of the offseason late where they can get some OTAs in, and now you can actually get the work uh, from Jalen Hurts. But it, look, if, as I said it with Mike Tannenbaum on, and I've said it to Jay Willing yourself, if I'm the general manager, the Jalen Hurts era starts today for me. It really does into the end of the season. Doesn't mean I go into next season with him as the starting quarterback. I go into next season with him in a quarterback competition with Carson Wentz. Because if Carson Wentz was to win that competition next year, okay, fine. We'll roll the regular season with him in a moment that he stumbles. Jalen Hurts is ready to go. I could cut bait at the end of the year because I don't owe him more money.
1: Indeed. Last week, Wentz stood up in front of the team and essentially said, it's on me. It was received well by the rest of the squad when he stood up. But obviously, right now, the rest of that squad probably feels like the rest of the way our best chance to win is with Jalen Hurts. There's so much quarterback conversation to get to, and let's get to it with our quarterback, Dan Orlovsky, ESPN NFL analyst. Spent a dozen years under center in the league in just a moment. In 1989, there was a movie called The Fabulous Baker Boys. Key, you remember that? Jeff Bridges, mm. Bo Bridges, Mm-mm. Michelle Can't say- Pfeiffer.
2: I know I know yeah. the the actors and actress, but I don't know the movie.
1: Yeah, not sure if it's on Redbox. We'll have to check. Um, but from the Fabulous Baker Boys to a Fabulous Baker Boy. We'll talk about that with Dan in just a second. That was the good. But, Dan, the bad, you have been a staunch supporter of Carson Wentz here. After what you saw yesterday, what are your thoughts?
4: Huh. Z, so many. I, I, you know, I, I think, first of all, credit Jalen Hurts for going in and, and playing well when given the opportunity. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the question goes, well, what now? What should they do next week? Well, it's not as simple as just play Jalen Hurts. And it's also way bigger than just play Jalen Hurts, right? So if you're going to go, what's the best interest for our football team right now? The answer could probably be, let's play Jalen Hurts. Let's see what he has for sure. But when you do that, you have to ask yourself this question is the starting quarterback, is Carson Wentz mentally tough enough to handle that decision? And if your answer is no, we don't think he is, then you ask yourself the question, did we make a mistake, right? Because you want your quarterback to be able to handle anything. Like, they've got to be an absolute steel fortress mentally. Dan, Dan,
0: Dan, wait, wait. We're asking a guy that we paid millions of dollars to if he's mentally tough enough to handle that? That's what we're really asking? For sure, Jay. You got to figure
4: that. I mean, because here's the thing not everybody is. And that's what I'm saying, though, Jay. Because if you ask that question and you answer it as no, I'm not in the building, right? But if you answer it as no, we don't think he is, we think this could be the final straw that completely breaks him, then you got issues, right? Because then you go, well, maybe we did make a mistake as far as like giving him all that money to be the absolute franchise quarterback outside of the talent, but then you go, well, how do we make the move then, right? Like, how can we start Jalen Hurts then if we don't feel that Carson is good enough? And, guys, like, you got to understand, Jay, you noticed, can't you notice? notice Z, like, this is now the second person in power in that organization that has chose, I guess, in, in a different way or, or gone in a different direction than Carson Wentz. Their general manager, Howie Roseman, drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round. After last year's performance, when they finally, Carson Wentz finally moves on from the whole Nick Bowles thing, right? So then you're going, as a quarterback, as a a player, you're going, well, what the heck, man? And now Doug Peterson has benched you. And you guys, I don't know if you've heard the comments yet today, but Carson after the game was like, Oh, I didn't have a conversation with Doug. I didn't know what the plan going into the game was going to be. Like, how do you not have those conversations? How are you not going, hey, Carson, if we struggle, Jalen's going to have the chance to come in. And if he plays well, I'm going to leave him in there. Like, the lack of communication right now in in the organization is not good. Um, And the quarterback has absolutely zero confidence. And then he can't say some of those things are out of my control. That's incorrect. Jalen Hurts getting on the field is in your control. He got on the field because you haven't played well enough.
2: Dan, let me ask you this, and, and, and be honest with me here. Is he is he a franchise quarterback? Carson Wentz, that think, is. I think he, talent-wise,
4: unquestionably. Like, unquestionably talent-wise, no hesitation, that guy's a franchise quarterback. You don't have in the first three years of your career 81 touchdowns, or the last three years, 17, 18, 19, 81 touchdowns and 21 picks. I mean, that is unprecedented performance, right? So you don't have that and not have the talent to be a franchise quarterback. Now, again, not being in the building, hearing things, there's obviously some stuff going on behind the scenes that makes you at least be worried that can he handle being the franchise quarterback, the unquestioned leader, the absolute rock star of a city like Philadelphia. Um, the fall off from last year has been stark. And I have been every, you know, I've been somebody that has, has said it's bigger than just the quarterback. He's playing his part, but it's bigger than just the quarterback. So I just know this key and you know, this man, like you, you don't just find talent. You don't just find it. And, and think it's okay. And that's why my that's what why my point was of this is bigger than just should they start Jalen Hurts. Everyone has pointed to it's nearly impossible for Carson Wentz not to be there next year as their starting quarterback because the finances. Help so me. that's why you have to you find you have to find out where he is mentally.
2: Help me with this, Dan, because I, I don't know everything about football and I don't know everything about quarterbacks or the history of football, but my eyes tell me Having played in the league as long as I've played and been around the league as long as I've been around, I've never seen a franchise quarterback that is young get benched and then come back from it. Uh, have you? I've never. Uh, guys usually get benched. When they bench, the organization is pretty much done with them. I've never really right. seen that happen. Have you seen it where a guy, Carson Wentz style, meaning like his third, fourth year franchise guy, gets benched? and then they go back to him. Nah, I mean it's a great point key. I haven't
4: seen it. I know Max always brings up this happened to something like Donovan McNabb many years ago and up beating But he was, at the, but them he was the, at the end though. He was at the end of it. Sure, career. yeah, I don't I don't recall that one. I personally don't recall that one. So that, that like I don't remember a time when a team has decided to bench a, I mean we're a year from we're a year removed or maybe 14 months removed from them giving him a huge contract, and then we're 11 months ago, or 12 months ago, from him and Doug carrying this team into the playoffs, and having just an absolutely spectacular run in performance, and so, that's why like, I don't, you're right, I also don't know when was the last time that we saw a guy have such highs and be so on this meteoric rise in his career, and then have such a fast down, I don't know when the last time I saw something like that at the position
2: yeah well, let's talk about another quarterback in the Cleveland Browns and another guy that you've been breaking down all season long in Baker Mayfield uh how big was yesterday for Baker Mayfield? He passed the quiz he has the test coming up against the Ravens on Monday night
4: yeah, that was Baker's uh biggest win and his best performance in his career um I think he's playing like he's the leader of the football team mentally. Like, he's, he's playing like that's his football team. And the, the great thing is you're seeing a lot of highs out of Baker, certainly in the last, like, four or five weeks. You're seeing a lot of highs, but you're not seeing any lows. You know, like, he's cut some of the lows out where he's had some moments where you go, come on, Bake. Like, but yesterday's really about Kevin Stefanski. You know, um, last year it was the Cleveland Browns offense stinks and Baker Mayfield stinks. This year, the Cleveland Browns offense is good, and Baker Mayfield's good. Well, coaching matters. You know, certainly there's two or three new pieces on that offense, specifically on the offensive line, but, you know, coaching matters. And the coach is coaching with confidence in the quarterback. He's provided confidence. Baker's playing with a ton of clarity. Um, They're one of the best third-down offenses in the NFL over the last six weeks, so – It's his best performance and his biggest win.
0: Dan, I've been saying the whole show that the Browns have a very high ceiling, depending upon what Baker Mayfield you get. If you get the one that he just played, like, that's a dangerous team. Is it feasible to think, or am I crazy, that that Browns team with Baker playing at a high level could beat the Pittsburgh Steelers? I don't know if they have enough to take to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but I think they can beat the Steelers if they play the way we saw them play against the Titans. Is that feasible? I can't go there yet. No, okay. I, I can't now. Even though the tabioc- Ravens almost beat the Steelers, Dan, without no, no, Lamar Jackson, the that, company.
4: Here's my thing, Jay. That game's on a Wednesday. You know that game was postponed 14 times. Like at some point, players just get so fed up with the 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 changing of the schedule and the lack of kind of familiarity they have with it you just but I was going to say like the caveat is the Bud Dupree injury I mean that's a that's a huge injury Um, but I can't sit here and say unquestionably I think I think that the Browns you know have have a deep or very good chance to beat the Steelers I will say this I've been saying this for six months now the Browns are the Tennessee Titans of last year you know the Tennessee Titans were this team that started to play better football and the quarterback really started to get hot opportunistic defense. They are a pass-first, run-to-win football team. The Browns are a pass-first, run-to-win football team. They're built very similar kind of philosophy and impact-wise. So, yeah, if Baker's playing well and Stefanski's 100% in his bag, which he was yesterday, this team's a very difficult out. There's no question about it. But I can't sit here and say that – I if if they played Pittsburgh today, I've, I'm I'm favoring the Pittsburgh Steelers for sure.
1: We'll get a chance to see the Steelers tonight on the Monday Night Double Dip. They'll host the Washington Football Team, and then Buffalo and San Francisco in Arizona because of the 49ers relocation. Because of everything going on in Santa Clara County with the coronavirus, that means Buffalo coming back to the site of the Hail Mary loss in Arizona. Let's see if they can get out of town with the victory tonight instead of a devastating defeat. Dan, we'll see you on Get Up at 8 a.m. Eastern. Thank you, man.
4: All right, Dio. Thanks, guys. Later, guys.
1: Always looking forward to key observations. His five thoughts, not from Monday, of course, but from Sunday, and let's get it going with the fish.
0: Bengals at Dolphins.
2: Well, you look at what the Miami Dolphins decided to do. They decided not necessarily to bench Tua Tagovailoa, but they made a decision to go with Ryan Fitzpatrick for one game. Tua's back in the fold. They go out there. They take care of business against the Cincinnati Bengals. And a lot of people thought that they were going to bench him for Fitzy, but that wasn't the magic that the Dolphins needed. They needed Tua to be magic. Lions at Bears. Yeah, well, whatever. You know, as far <laughs> as this goes, I'm kind of – over the Matt Nagy era in Chicago, I think that they need to make a decision on what they want to do. When you think about it, here's a speech that he gave, what, a week ago talking about everybody holding him accountable and all the different things, and his defense can't talk publicly and whatever rumors were coming out of Chicago. But when you look at it, the Chicago Bears just chicago did. That's <laughs> basically how I sum it up. They were off to a 3-0 start the beginning of the season. He made an executive decision to go with a guy that he loved, and Nick Foles essentially has them in this position where they're at now, on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Saints and Falcons. You know, they, they, they've they gone on and won some games with Taysom Hill under the helm and replaced the Drew Brees. There's no question about it, but I think that, the New Orleans Saints and Sean Payton can't wait to get Drew Brees back in the fold. One of the main reasons they need to do this is because as they get ready for the playoffs, you want to have some rhythm going into it with your starting quarterback and Drew Brees. They can't wait for him to get back as far as I'm concerned. Raiders at Jets. They are still a playoff team. They dodged a big bullet out of New York. Hmm. I can't believe that the Jets gave that game away by allowing... Henry Ruggs to go the distance at the end of regulation. It made no sense for Greg Williams to put that young man in that position on a blitz zero call. It happened. The Raiders are going to be a dangerous team if and when they get into the playoffs.
0: Patriots at Chargers.
2: I told y'all, don't count them out just yet. Bill Belichick somehow figures out how to get it done until they are mathematically eliminated from playoff contention as well as winning the division. Don't forget that the Bills still got to play the 49ers. They still got to play Miami again, and they still got to play the New England Patriots. Don't – I understand Cam Newton threw for less than 100 yards. I get it. We want him to be Tom Brady. At least some people do. But they're winning football games in Bill Belichick fashion. Every time you think about Belichick, oh, God, it's over. They're not going to – he comes up with some magical dust to do something in terms of the style of play. They're running the football, playing defense, and playing big-time special teams and winning.
1: And keep in mind, Buffalo still has to play Pittsburgh, too. Add that Mm, on to the Exactly, and they
2: still got to play Pittsburgh.
1: Indeed. Key observations brought to you by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. Jay, your thoughts?
0: So I know there was a lot of conversation out of the Eagles-Packers game about Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, but I actually just want to pay – Major respect to Aaron Rodgers because after yesterday, he is now the first player in NFL history with five seasons of at least 35 passing TDs. Doobin. At least 35 passing TDs. And I go back to a comment that key made earlier in the year. He's saying all this talk about Jordan love coming in and who's going to be the starting quarterback. I guarantee you this key said that Aaron Rodgers will probably be signing a major extension when it's all said and done. And, that's what's going to happen.
2: It's so funny. I was I was thinking about it last night, uh, you know, just as I was sitting down, whatever, watching TV. Not Gonzaga, by the way. Um, and, and I said to myself, what if Aaron Rodgers win the Super Bowl this year? What if he just, what if he wins the Super Bowl? What happened to all the Jordan Love and the receivers? Where does that conversation go? It just, nobody says anything anymore, right? It's like, oh, no, we never said that. I never said that they needed
0: a receiver.
1: You think he needs receivers? Do you think he needs some receivers? He's got the best one in the game, so that's fine. No, I'm
0: serious, He needed some help on defense, but, I mean, they didn't make any moves. They knew what they were doing, apparently. No, but but, uh, exactly, right? So
2: it's always always funny to me when the outsiders of organizations start to talk about what organizations need internally. Uh, Clearly, he didn't need receiver help. Clearly, they wasted the pick on Jordan Love because Jordan Love won't see the field for at at least another six years. Before he even sees the field. In Green Bay. Anywhere. (laughs) Because if if he's not getting on the field in Green Bay, then four years go by, you don't even know what you have. So what you going to do? You going to trade for him? Like, he's a first-round backup for the next six years.
1: Let me just say this, to add on to that great stat that Jay had about the touchdown passes for Aaron Rodgers. Already this season, last night, by the way, he threw his 400th touchdown pass, and he threw it to Devontae Adams, which only seems appropriate. That's yeah. his guy. They've been in lockstep together. And a couple of weeks ago, he passed the 50,000 yard mark for his career. So think about the, just the last few weeks for Aaron Rodgers. 50,000 career, the 35 touchdowns that Jay mentioned, the 400 career thrown to his guy, the self-proclaimed best wide receiver in the National Football League. Can I add one more thing from the division nobody's talking about? This is my mini observation. It's Key's oh, observations, oh. Jay's observations. The Detroit Lions got a win yesterday under interim coach Derek Bevel. And what made it interesting was Matt Patricia was fired because he simply could not hold on to leads. The Lions would lose games the way the Chargers do, the Falcons do, these devastating ways. And Matt Patricia was famous for saying more football games are lost than won. All those types of cliches. They had tons of fourth quarter leads and they couldn't do anything. Yesterday, they rallied to win a game. They didn't have a lead and they blew it. They rallied to win. Great spot for Daryl Bevel.
2: It's good for Daryl Bevel. I'm still mad at him, though. Why? Because he called to play in the
1: Super Bowl. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah,
2: he called that slant and got it picked against New England. You know better than that. (laughs) Turn around and hand uh, Lynch the ball, man. Malcolm Butler loved that
3: call. (laughs) No, and I'm sure
2: a a ton of New England people loved it too. It's so funny, right? They fire a coach, an interim coach takes over, they win a game. That happens. Atlanta did it, Houston. It's like every team that fires their coach, the interim coach comes in and wins the game.
0: That's why I bet on Detroit the other day. Did you? I mean, I listen to Joe Foreignball. I mean, he he kind of said it perfectly on our show on Friday. It's
2: yeah, good, cool. it's 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 amazing. But when you look at it, it, some of the strange things that happen in in football, particular in particular, is Chicago fires Lovey Smith after winning ten games and taking him to a Super Bowl, and Detroit fires Caldwell after going nine and seven. Mm-hmm. And you see what they got? It's just it's just crazy to me. Well, I. It's so wild to me.
1: Mostly great day for the division. All those statistical accomplishments for Aaron Rodgers. The rally for Detroit and a miracle win for the Minnesota Vikings, keeping them in the playoff hunt as well. The only team that didn't carry the water, as usual, the Chicago Bears. On the way, a team that's lost four of five. And their only win in that span comes on a Hail Mary. But the biggest problem is what happened them yesterday namely the team they saw they just can't get past
0: on Jay Will and Subin the podcast
3: have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: So what had happened was... The Rams continue their domination of the Cardinals. And there is criticism in the NFL all the time. It's being leveled at Joe Judge at the start. It's being leveled at Adam Gase now. It's being leveled at Matt Nagy all season long. Sean McVay is known as an uplifter, an inspirational guy, a positive thinker. So a lot of people did a double take when they saw a headline that came up on their phone that yeah, says Will. McVay criticizes Jared Goff. Didn't know McVay was a guy that used negative reinforcement. Not really. This is quote unquote McVay's version of criticism this is sean mcveigh last week essentially saying i need my quarterback to do one thing please what is the commonality on on those turnovers is it something that's failing to execute time to take care execute? of the football our quarterback's gotta take better care of the football and that doesn't sound like the worst criticism in the world but when you're a guy that doesn't really do any of that sort of stuff it rings true. Jared Goff bounced back in a huge way. The great Ram receiver Tory Holt. Key, of course, one of your old colleagues, your old contemporary, said, uh, Folks, take a look at what Jared Goff's done in the last four years. 41 wins in the last four years, including one appearance in the Super Bowl. And the reason I mention that is you have to think back. His start could not have been worse. Worse. Goff's start could not have been worse. 41 wins, four years, Super Bowl appearance, bounce back, taking control of the division.
2: And, and look, it you, We had a conversation coming off a bad performance by Jared Goff. He's had a couple stinkers this year, right? The 49er bad game. Bad stinkers. So. He, he had a 49er game and a Miami Dolphin game, and a little bit of a Buffalo first half was kind of, you know, weird. Hell of a quarterback, man. And I keep trying to tell people, hell of a quarterback. But, you know, when, when people get something in their mind embedded in their head about who a person is, they're going to live with it. That's just the way it is. Um, you know, they go back to his rookie year, much like you mentioned, under Jeff Fisher, he didn't have a chance. In comes Sean McVay, the next thing you know, they go to the Super Bowl. He has a down season last year, but a good season, but just a down year compared to the Super Bowl year. This year he was playing pretty good up until they hit a, a, a huge bump in the road against Miami, and then all of a sudden the 49er game, he turns the ball over. I never for once uh, put in my head that he was going to be benched or anything like that, because I know Sean McVay is going to fix it. And Jared Goff can't turn the football over. There's nothing – every quarterback will tell you, when I turn the ball over, chances are my team's going to lose. Much like Torrey Holt said, if you look at the four years statistically, since Mm -hmm. everybody likes the analytics and look at the statistics, Jared Goff is on a trajectory of potentially being a Hall of Famer one day. If you just want to go pure on numbers and statistics, he will probably, if he stays the course – wins a championship or two, you're probably gonna be looking at the dude in Canton.
0: I look, I was wrong. Uh,
2: wrong about what? No,
0: though? no, 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 no. I I just want to set the precedent that it's okay to be wrong on the show sometimes. Well that,
2: uh, it's for you to say. Well
0: yeah, because you think you're <laughs> never wrong, Keyshawn. So that's your point. Look, I there there's a part of me that wants to root for Kyler Murray. But obviously what Key said the other day going into the game is that the Scout and report is out on Kyler Murray is something not paying attention to the game yesterday, seeing how small he is in the pocket and how how intimidating the Rams' defense actually is. Look, I, I've also said this about the Rams. I, I actually think that they can win the Super Bowl depending upon if you get Jared Goff at a high level. He's been inconsistent. Their defense is something that I think is there. It's Jared Goff if he could bring that each and every day. As it relates to Kyler Murray, I mean, it, it's, it's going to start to get tough now. And I, I think also just... It's how he leads sometimes. I think when they get down, it seems like he gets pressured and he starts trying to do things outside of himself. Granted, a lot of teams, I think, do this, Keyshawn. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks do this when they're down in games and they have to start throwing the ball. But it's interesting just kind of seeing some of his mannerisms after games. I want to see him win. It just, I think it's going to be tough for him with that size.
2: Well, look, I don't really – his size doesn't bother me in terms of the system in which they run. He's built, he's made for this system. I just, it's not a Kyler Murray thing with me so that people understand. It's a system thing. I hate the air raid. I cannot stand it. I don't believe you can win long-term in the National Football League with that style of offense. It puts too much pressure on your defense. When you get three and out, it's problematic. You get five and out. You turn the ball over. You give them a short field. You now have put your defense in harm's way. Time of possession is extremely important. And, and and maybe I'm old school, traditional, whatever you want to call it. Maybe I'm caught up in dinosaur ages, even though I'm young, that I believe that you have to have some sort of traditional offense and defense in the National Football League to win. You cannot just expect for Kyler Murray to throw the ball all over the lot. Okay? You, you just can't because – There's some things that if you keep him inside the pocket, that interception is a perfect example. He thought that that young man on the bow out would be wide open. They fooled him. They were in a zone defense, and he thought it was man-to-man because they carried him. The corner fell off, and next thing you know, it's a pick six going the other way. That's because he couldn't see what was happening down the field. If you keep him in the pocket and don't allow him to get on the perimeter, a lot of Buffalo Bills – and he wouldn't have, if if they keep him in the pocket, the game's over. He doesn't throw the Hail Mary. They so, allowed him to get on the perimeter.
0: But Keith, don't you think, don't you think that's a matter of making reads or your progressions? Don't you think that still he has a major upside, or do you think Kyler Murray's just never going to be, he's never going to be a winner in that system? That's ultimately what you're saying.
2: Okay, uh, the way that, still, way that I look, he's still
0: really young. in The way in that the I look at
2: the way that I look at the system is that system to me is only good for seven, eight, nine wins. It's not good for those 14, 15 wins that you will need to win a Super Bowl. The goal is to win a Super Bowl. I would think in Arizona the, the, the goal is to win a Super Bowl, not just to have a, you know, be third in the division, win eight games. Look, there's a, oh, we made progress. That That's not the goal. When they hired Cliff Kingsbury, the goal was to win a Super Bowl. When they traded Josh Rosen and went and got the Heisman Trophy winner that they could plug into a system that he was in in college whether it was Texas A&M or Oklahoma or high school, they said, okay, we got a dynamic guy who can run our offense, which is true. The problem is that style does not work for longevity in the National Football League. I wouldn't give a damn who you ask. I'm just telling you with my eyes, you could ask, you could poll as many defensive coordinators as you want. They will all say to you that I really don't want to be a part of a team with an offense like that because it puts my defense in harm's way.
1: Indeed. We should mention that uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they don't want to just host Super Bowls and welcome other teams. They want to go to the Nice Super stadium. Bowl. It's a very nice stadium there nice in Glendale. Nice for Super Bowls. And we should just mention quickly on the back end for the Rams, they got a short week. They'll be welcoming the Pats to town and what New England mm. did yesterday, not getting a lot of attention, but very impressive. Eye-opening win on the road in shutout fashion. On the way, the Case For and against Trevor Lawrence in New York.
0: Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.